African Story, formerly produced for radio, presented and read by Richard Nichols. Peter Winters, speaking, how can I help, sir? A voice on the line replies, I am Senior Correctional Officer John Zondi. I need to speak with your father urgently, thank you. He's out now, he'll be back at 1900 hours, replies Peter. Please ask him to call on the following number, ASAP 012-700-3171, replies the officer. Call ends. It is now five days into Dean's stay at the hotel. He starts to wonder if James will allow him a more extended stay at the easy stay, or if he will have to live inside his car. As his cards are still blocked, the bank to this day will not reinstate his accounts. He is also aware that Leon may be acting all friendly-like and may know who attempted to kill him. Kenny Fisher is looking for him as well and cannot understand why Leon has been untruthful to Kenny about his whereabouts and not been able to make contact with me. Meanwhile, Linda is sitting in her room, reading the newspaper. She is unaware of Dean staying in the hotel. Staff at the hotel are not to give her room number to anyone asking for it. Dean makes his way to the main lounge near reception, hoping to see Linda and follow her to her room. Good day, Mr. Winters. Anything to drink? Tea or coffee? as we do not serve alcohol or spirits in the lounge, as it is close to reception. Coffee would be excellent, thanks replies Dean. Cappuccino or espresso, asks the waitron. Cappuccino, comes the reply. The phone rings for room service. How can I help, asks the attendant at the counter. Please can I order the fish and chips and a carafe of white wine to room 801B. I confirm our special of the day for lunch and to drink white wine. Is the house wine okay? And all for room 801B, Mrs. Winters, replies the attendant. Linda replies, yes, thank you, call ends. Just the information he has been waiting for all this time. Dean makes his way to the elevator, to the restaurant, then to the lift, waits for the doors to open and requests the third floor as there is a notice in the lift giving the room number ranges for each floor. On the way up he decides to stop at his room to pick up his belongings, including his gun. He takes the lift to the third floor and finds his way to the door of her room, only to find two policemen standing outside. This means only one plan will work, dressing up as a hotel staff member if he can pull it off. That will get him inside, but with her by his side may take a bit of work. He slowly moves away from outside her room and looking back he sees the attendant arrive with her food. The police have also moved off. 
He moves quickly in behind the attendant, placing the gun into the small of his back. Do as I tell you. Call out room service here, instructs Dean firmly. As he expected, he knocks on the door and calls room service. The door opens. Dean then pushes past the attendant and indicates for him to close the door. You think holding a gun in my face is going to change my mind or feelings I at this moment do not have for you, exclaims Linda. He then hits the attendant across the face with the butt of the gun, knocking him out, and with that the man drops to the floor. He tells Linda, pack your belongings now, we need to be on our way to James, my friend, where I can arrange for us to be married and start our life together. In her mind she decides to play along with him, until there's an opportunity to make a getaway. They make their way to the fire escape and out the door, after breaking the glass that keeps the fire door key secure. Both make their way to the underground parking. Linda opens the back passenger door, gets in and closes the door. Why do you not sit in the front with me, dear? asks Dean. I have no feelings for you and detest being forced into a relationship that I do not care for. And to top it off, marriage, said Linda in a stern voice. You forget I'm the one with the gun here. So move into the front now, said Dean. They drive towards the boom gate, then finally Dean realises that he left the access card on the counter in his room. They reluctantly make it up the stairs to Dean's room, with Linda in the front and a gun in the small of her back. They enter the room, take the card and are about to make it out into the passage but two police officers are now blocking their access down the stairs and back to the underground parking. Dean is aware he is being looked for and so is Linda. Fifteen minutes have passed now and they can finally make their way down to the parking lot. They hop into the car. Linda is now at gunpoint and reminds Dean, I don't see the point of all of this. Honestly, I do not love you. You've been listening to an episode of African Story, read and written by Richard Nichols. Join me again for another exciting installment of African Story coming soon.